0: this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network this week on the marketers report patricio spagnoletto global chief marketing officer direct to consumer for warner brothers discovery weighs in on building trust
3: Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes And today, joined um, for the Axon Bulletin on a Sunday By Kevin Graham, the original, the one and only The Analogizer. how's it going Kev?
4: Not too bad, nice Sunday morning, been out for a walk this morning Listening to a bit of the Velvet Underground, eh, he whack that on a Sunday morning
3: Nice, what were you listening to?
4: Uh, the, the third album, I think it's just called the Velvet Underground very, very underrated. Very more acoustic. Mayor Lou, Lee, Mayor Lou Reed um, solo type stuff. Eh? Love it. Best, Good velvet stuff. Under, best Velvet Underground. Best Velvet Underground album for me.
3: Ideal, Kevin you and I will be doing a music show as soon as you're able to come back in the studio Uh, In the meantime we've got our video editor looking through all the the previous bulletins To pull out all your best analogies And we'll be (laughs) putting a a compilation video out at some point this week hopefully Now loads to talk about Uh, Obviously when Celtic are not playing We will take one day of a weekend off But obviously they're not playing at all this weekend They're playing on Mondays But we thought you know We can't go two days in a row without an Axon bulletin So we're in today We'll be talking about a few things ranging from Damien Duff, his departure from Ireland and Uh, all the kind of questions that that raises Uh, Philip Benkovic will he, won't he, it was looking promising, now it's not Jack Hendry, whose name has come into uh, focus recently, Kevin, Uh, the John Kennedy interview, uh, something that Celtic State of Mind have been calling for all season, Moussa Dembele and how uh, a transfer to Atletico Madrid might benefit Celtic, Shane Duffy and the comments obviously based on what John Kennedy was saying, Declan Gallagher and also um, I look at Jonathan Afolabi who was involved in a Scottish Cup game yesterday um, which you know it was one of these romantic Scottish Cup journeys that came to an end by uh, you know Bonnie Rig Rose who pushed them right into extra time Kevin Uh, Amy Canavan who joins us on a Celtic State of Mind regularly on a Wednesday is involved with Bonnie Rig Rose and I was kind of hoping to get a result but it was after the match that we want to talk about and what happened with Afolabi and the racial abuse that he uh, was subjected to Absolutely shocking that we even have to discuss that But we will discuss it So straight away, uh, what I'd like to talk about First of all, Kevin Yesterday, the press conference In walks John Kennedy We've been asking for that all season Give Lenny a break It just so happens it was probably um, a, A press conference where all the difficult questions Were going to be asked in relation to the Dubai trip So in walks John Kennedy What was your view on Kennedy? I thought he came across extremely well
4: it did come across extremely well. Um, I did have a laugh when Radio Scotland actually says we've gone across to John Kennedy, and I went. Paul will be actually doing catfields there. This is what he's been shouting for for weeks. Um, first, thing I think we hope, hope we must say is even though we had a day off yesterday, we never went to Dubai. We never, we never, we never went for a, a, a training, a training day, a training day in Dubai, or to any hotels to have a training day. Kennedy spoke well. Um he always comes across as a knowledgeable guy, a very level headed guy. Maybe that comes across with his lack of facial expressions at times. But again, it was uh, the that we breached protocols when we were in Dubai was um could be, could be a bit dodgy for us. <laughs> Actually, could be when he admitted that we had broken some protocol rules, especially with Kilmarnock and Saint Murn appealing the, their breaches as well. Everybody knew that we didn't breach protocol by going to Dubai. It was what happened in Dubai in the pictures that came out. Uh, with the social distance, and you look at all the football teams now, they have to have two bosses that they, they can't they can interact in the changing room. There's got to be two meters between them at each time, um, apart from on the pitch. Even though some of our defenders give the two meter rule to yeah. centre forwards when they're on the pitch, <laughs> um, but that's and I think that's what a lot of clubs are, are going to be questioning. Why can say, this was a business trip? So they should have been under those rules on this business trip. So with them sitting playing bingo, in in the bar, no two meters apart, is something that they need to question with the SFA. Uh, but then we've all seen the Scotland team doing the conga. <laughs> and, uh, so so that 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 was ne that was a big hoo-ha for the clubs at the time. So it's it's daft they shouldn't have went to Dubai I I, I was quite clear on Monday that they shouldn't have been there I don't care if they actually got I don't care if the SFA says it was okay Uh, they shouldn't have been there in a global pandemic End end of story
3: Big thing, obviously, in preparation for the bulletins, Kevin. I always watch the, the conferences, and you do get used to the kind of, you know, the approach of those who are in, who are able to get into these press conferences. Um, and I know that uh, the cynic were in there because the cynic do tend to ask questions that certainly get a reaction. Uh, decent, really decent questions, leading questions, and. You know, to the point where just a few weeks back uh, I think Neil Lennon was speechless for a moment or two um, until he composed himself and answered the question for the Senate guys but... Um It was interesting that it was quite obvious that all the difficult Dubai stuff was going to come out yesterday. Now, we're not going to labour it. You've had your say, I've had my say. Everybody's been involved and and had their say on it. Um, But I just felt that that John Kennedy did deal with it particularly well. I'm going to go back to, to Jim Orr's comment last week, Kevin. And he was talking about how words are important. So people are saying to me, Neil Lennon didn't mean that Celtic needed a culture change. He just meant they needed to change their mentality. Well, that's not what he said. Words are important. So I think John Kennedy's words were very important in terms of uh, the COVID because he didn't use the word protocol. So he just said there was a few slip ups, you know, so all these, you know, all these different things will be um, highlighted and everything's going to be poured over. But again, I thought he, he was very composed and I've been his biggest critic this season. The reason I wanted him to start doing things like this is I just felt if you're a team, if you're a coaching, if you and I were doing something, Kevin, and it was the flack was coming on me time and time again, as it normally does, you know, what you would expect for your teammate is just to basically say, you know what, you just sit this one out. I'm going to do this one, Um, if you're expecting a bit of flack. Now, that might have been that Neil Lennon was quite happy to do it, Kev. He might have said, you know, I want to face the press. I want to give them our side of the tail. But I just felt that it was a positive. I actually did feel that John Kennedy coming out... um, was a positive, because otherwise you think it's maybe this, this fractured nature of the coaching staff where it's all on Neil, give him the blame, all the bad signings are his fault, everything that goes wrong is Neil Lennon's fault, whereas John Lennon came out, and John Lennon, God almighty, <laughs> I've got John Lennon on the brain, John, Ken- John Kennedy comes out, um, stand by me, that's what I, what I was thinking, John Kennedy comes out and uh, I just felt that it was almost like a, an effort to say, you know, we are a team. And we're galvanised There was a lot of Positive stuff We came away with as well In terms of We need to go on A 19 game Unbeaten run We know that We're going to approach Every game um, As a, a must win match Which I think is brilliant and There's a, a, a message Coming through Just to let everybody know How this works Anybody that makes a comment On the bulletin Kev um, They're all filtered Into one place So if you're making it On Facebook, Twitter Or YouTube All I see is All the comments coming in And it can I mean on one occasion We had something like 800 comments And I tried to go through them as much as possible but some people are saying well the same guy's names pop up generally the reason for that is they get in early so if they make a point and it's one of the first five on my screen here, if that point's made a different way another 12 times, the the point's been made early doors. So there's no favouritism. Um, And I know that uh, Stephen Forbes does pop up quite a lot because he's normally right in there, early doors. Uh, He was saying the Huddle Breakdown, another excellent podcast uh, with a friend of the, the show, Alan Morrison, recently provided compelling stats on our improved form since playing the Diamond with Sorrow and Turnbull. Is there a belief we could go on a run of max points until the next derby? Well, that question was kind of Posed to Kennedy yesterday, Kevin Can Celtic go 19 games And win 19 games Based on, you know, the 6 games Before the last Rangers game What's your thoughts on that? Because I've been asking the pundits all week About the last, or the next, sorry Four fixers in January Compared to uh, the league leaders Rangers Do we do we believe they're going to drop anything? Do you think Celtic will get maximum points? I mean, we'll find out today Rangers are up at Patojo We'll find out if they're going to drop anything up in Aberdeen
4: well, what really annoyed me about last week? We've only got three chances this season where we can affect what happens with Rangers, mm-hmm. and, we, and we blew one of them last week. Um, with regards to going 19 games unbeaten, for now to the end of the season, now at the end of the league season, we've only won six games in the last 19. So. Um, it's not a normal season for us. Mm-hmm. It isn't a normal season, so we can't say, Aye, that we can go on that run. Because you just have to have a look at our previous couple of months to say that seems extremely unlikely. For us to, for us to win the, the league, we, we're going to need to see an absolute collapse of the team across the city. And basically, they've got no pressure on them whatsoever. They've got a massive gap, and the only time you can ever see any pressure coming on them is if we get down to single figures games and we're down to single figure points behind them. Say when I think when we when we played them at Celtic Park, it looks like if we had won every game and won the rain and won beat them at Celtic Park, I think we're seven behind with six games left. That's when pressure comes on. That's been pressure. Up until that point, there's no pressure whatsoever. And for us still having games to catch up, the free games to catch up, then it's a very, very big ask. It's an extremely big ask. But it's one that we've got to challenge head on. It's one that the coaching staff have got to challenge head on. And it's no surprise that John Kennedy came out and was extremely positive and upbeat about the challenge ahead of them yesterday. While... uh, Identifying and giving a nod to how difficult it is going to be. I mean, if you're cynical, and, I, and everybody knows that I'm really cynical and I'm really negative, uh, you could say that Kennedy was fueled out yesterday because Neil Lennon's a lame up manager, and Kennedy's got to be Dan knees. press conference has been now f- between now and the end of the season. Now and a change at one point. So you can maybe you can maybe look at it at that way. Eh? So
3: you could I mean I, I was uh, trying to be as positive as possible about that particular situation Kevin what I could say is that when things started to unravel at Hibbs, one of the first things he'd done is he stopped speaking to the press in the conferences and they were faced with Gary Parker so I, I wasn't going to go down that route because I actually felt that the press conference went pretty well I know that there was a bit of criticism about why Celtic put David Turnbull um, in front of the cameras but again it's one of these things as a, as a, a top flight player Kevin you're going to have to deal with the press.
4: Aye, that's that's part and parcel of your job, it's part and parcel of David Turnbull's job and we hopefully David Turnbull will get better as, as the, the years go on at dealing with the press. Yeah, I think if you go back and you have a look at the early James Forrest interviews and the early Callum McGregor interviews, these guys didn't really seem to be comfortable with the press until Brendan Rodgers came. And mm. I'm wondering if Brendan Rodgers got them some bland media training that, he, that these. If you look at the, the English Premier League and you look at the young young players there, you can tell that they get media training because it's bland, cliched rubbish. That yeah, they, come out with. they can talk for five minutes and not say anything. And, uh,
3: I know, you know, you're spot on. A couple of things coming to mind. Uh, one example of that is the boy Scott Parker. Uh, who's obviously carving out a, a coaching career down south. Um, I actually rated him as a player. I remember him coming through as a kid at Charlton. Uh, but can you remember his first kind of media appearance? It was in a McDonald's advert, Dane, keep you up. He's in the back garden. Can you remember that? Yes. Next thing you know, he's on the Big Breakfast getting interviewed by Kim Wilde, And now he is the epitome of what you've just described, the most bland interview. Every time you hear him, it's the same stock kind of phrases. Mm-hmm. And that's why when people come away with, you know, when you get this personality, and I think that it's good to see the likes of love them or loathe them, And I'm pretty sure a lot of Celtic fans loathe them. Jose Mourinho being back on form uh, with that personality because he lost that for a long time. So it's always good to get different faces. So um, I, I'm not looking too much into to the fact that that Kennedy, or indeed Turnbull, were at the conference. But there was a lot of interesting stuff coming out of that uh, that interview, and I'm going to bring up Kaplan Mark. Kaplan Mark is a a regular contributor to Axon, so welcome to the show. Uh, You're commenting on YouTube. This is the realism of how far we have regressed, that we even consider Jack Hendry. Worrying that many are forgetting the real issue, our manager and staff. Actually, what I would say, I think a lot of people are, um, but I'm not. I'm certainly not. What I'm trying to, what I'm trying to uh, look at at the moment, Kevin, is how can we salvage it? Is there a way of salvaging it? Yeah, because it's not mathematically impossible it's very very unlikely there's the head and there's the heart and when you're giving your opinion you've got to stick with the head and that's what I'm trying to do be a realist and I think a lot of what you come away with Kevin is realistic rather than negative to be honest and you know this word negative keeps getting thrown um, and I don't I don't buy that we're in a situation as you say where we are relying on perhaps Aberdeen getting something today at Pataudry do you think they will? Possibly but I'm not confident that they will will Hibbs get something from Rangers at Easter Road? They have already this season, so yeah, there is a chance of that. Motherwell and Ross County are the two other games. They've both got the new manager bounce, which is another football cliche that's crept in to the parlance when we're talking about uh, football, Kevin. I think you never know. You just never know. If they drop anything at all, brilliant. But Celtic need to maximise on that, and Kennedy spoke about it yesterday. Now, on the subject of John Kennedy, one person who had a lot of positive things to say about him was Damien Duff. We'll get to Jack Hendry in a minute, Capital Mark, in case you're thinking I'm digressing. But Damien Duff had lots of positive words to say about John Kennedy when he left the club. You'll remember he says that he was a top-class coach. He had a big future in the game. Now, we felt, and we've discussed it because we've tried to look at every potential reason, Kevin, for the collapse, as well as all the mitigating circumstances surrounding um, how hard we've been hit with COVID, casualties, injuries I mean the reason we're talking about Jack Hendry is because of a, an incredible run of injuries that we've had with Julian um, so yes, let's talk about the Damien Duff situation uh, obviously anyone who's read into that will know that the, um, the team were played a motivational video before the game, we've heard these things haven't we, uh, when Saturday comes we've heard all this stuff about motivational videos, how, how you try and get a team up for it and the Republic Island side were played a motivational video showing you various aspects of Ireland's history, which included the 1916 Easter uprising. And the FAI were incensed about this, Kevin. Absolutely incensed. And Damien Duff stood up to him and says, there's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. And since then, he has wanted... To resign from his position It's happened over the Christmas period Obviously Ireland are going through a pretty sticky patch Under Stephen Kennedy the, is Stephen, Stephen Kennedy? John Lennon? No, <laughs> S- Stephen Kenny <laughs> Stephen Kenny I should know his name uh, He's the next Unferman manager And uh, Damien Duff has basically walked He's resigned Which has led a lot of Celtic fans to say Get him back in Now what I would say And I know this because it's came directly from source. Celtic were sounding out potential coaches. Now, I'm not saying they were going to sack anybody. They were sounding out potential coaches. A couple of months ago, Kev, I told you that once uh, the information came to us, um, to come in and assist Neil Lennon. Assist Neil Lennon. So, there's a situation now. Damien Duff, we know he left for personal reasons. He wanted to move to be closer to his family, Kevin. Is there any way Do you think that would Benefit us in any way We're going to get on to Talking about signings In a moment Would Damien Duff be A big positive Bringing him back Into the coaching staff
4: This could be a situation Where a player leaves See like how we get A player doesn't play And it all of a sudden Becomes a world beater mm-hmm. Dam- Damien Duff's left And all of a sudden We've we've turned into months So they've went Oh it's Damien Duff He must have been, he must have been The brains behind That operation The reason that Duff left was because of the pandemic and he wanted to go back to his family. And that situation hasn't changed for when he left in the summer, truthfully. It's got worse. It's got worse. (laughs) It really has. This week
0: on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really
1: hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent.
0: As the number one audio company, iHeart gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. Not just a media company. iHeart Media is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: And if you bring them back across, there's a isolation, he wouldn't be able to work with the squad he would have to get back in the bubble and what would that say to Gavin Stratton what would that say to John Kennedy, what would that say to Stephen McManus, what would that say to Darnold D who have all been promoted at that time for Duff to come back in as a coach, assistant manager I don't know what he would come back in as Um I think it's a strange one. I didn't actually know the reason that why he left his job at the Republic Islands. So that that was a that was a interest. That's an interesting story, and I'm quite glad he's actually stood up to the FIA for that because what was shown was. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a motivational video with a 1960 uprising. It's how the how the Irish Free State was formed. So uh, th- th- there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, what, what did the FIA do when Jack Charlton and Andy Townsend were playing the Wolf Tones on the bus going to going going to World Cup games? Well, it was completely different times. Um, I, I, I can't see. I mean, if if they were looking to bring in a coach to help out Neil Lennon. Who, who was it? I'm sure it would have been an older coach. I'm sure it would have been a more a father figure. We, we, yeah, um,
3: we spoke about O'Neill, didn't we? We spoke brother, about brother, even brother Gordon that. Strachan. Yeah.
4: Right. I can't see Damien Duff coming back in unless it was part of a new coaching setup, mm. um, Unless he was coming in to assist John Kennedy. There you go. If Neil's not going to be hanging about much longer, I could maybe see Duff coming back in on mm. an interim basis to give Dick Kennedy a dig out.
3: Interesting, yeah. But I take on point what you're saying there. Uh, you know, a player leaves, and all of a sudden, and we're going to get onto that in a moment. Jack Hendry, all of a sudden, he becomes um, Jack and bower uh, as described by the scout who actually watched them for Celtic. So the next point coming up is Jack Hendry. You've made the the uh, the very. Accurate point in saying that you know if someone's not at the club, all of a sudden they become better. We've seen it so many times down the years. You know, people shouting for Bobo Baldi to get a game, although you know Gordon Strachan has been very, um, you know, for me he's been very stubborn in that situation as he was with Derek Riordan, Tommy Gravis, and Massimo Donati, and they become better than they actually have been performing. So yeah, absolutely take that on board now, Kevin. I told a story last week about how we are highlighting or shining a light on certain aspects of the, of the club, that when you're winning, you don't tend to do it. Now, if you did, and we're winning nine in a row, and everything's fine, and we're winning trebles, and you were say, ah, but you know what? I'm not happy about our transfer policy. I'm not happy about the coaching. I'm not happy about the culture. Then I think you would be putting yourself up for being branded negative absolutely but what then happens is when it's not working as it's not at the moment and we start trying to find out the reasons why it's not working then you know people say well if, if it's a whole recruitment issue if it's a whole structural issue why have you not discussed it before I think you probably have brought it up before but I use the example Kevin when you and I were at the Motherwell game that was the second treble um, and we, due to the fact that it was tough to get tickets, and I think you probably did have a chance to a ticket elsewhere, I didn't. We had to go into the one of the lounges for that game, didn't we? Yeah. And um, there were Celtic players milling about in the lounge. And I remember, I specifically remember Marvin Comper was one of them because all the guys who had, had a few beers, and by the way, this is not beer because I've been accused of drinking on the show before. Um, Tito, total I get accused of drinking on the show so Marvin Comper was there I remember him and all the guys that had a few um, sherbets were up getting the old selfies and all the rest of it there was two or three I was going to say Doris Devries was maybe one of them was one of them also Jack Hendry can you remember
4: Jack Hendry Comper um, Liam Liam I was going to say Liam Muller uh, um, the guy the guy the, the fullback the young fullback recently left
3: Calvin Miller.
4: Calvin, Calvin. uh, yeah. uh, Compare Jack Henry was one of them, -hmm. Doris DeVries. Uh, there, was, there was another couple of young players that I think that have now left I think young Henderson was one of them I think Hend- uh, Ewan Henderson was one of them as well but I wanted to go and get my picture to the compere <laughs> but,
3: you, uh, you wanted to get your programme signed Kevin and no, behave, I says, behave I yourself, yourself. are you 13?
4: <laughs> I, I wanted to go and get my picture to the compare and send it to the lads on the bus they go look at this guy he, he exists he, 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 is actually, he is actually here but I would I would have done that if I hadn't been seven years clean and sober. <laughs> if, 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 you, you, I would have got thrown out. If, in, in my old days, I would have got thrown out that lunch.
3: <laughs> Kevin, I dread to think. But the reason I bring it up is that uh, Jack Hendry obviously was one of the players. And uh, Mark says in his previous comments that uh, we even consider Jack Hendry. It shows you how far we've regressed. I think uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is because... Um, and I tweeted out tongue and cheek earlier on the Axon page that you know the next target might be a, a young Scottish player tearing it up in Belgium. He's been chased by Aston Villa. That's our very own Jack Hendry. Um, you know we're looking at, and this will lead us into the Philip Benkovic question that we asked yesterday as well, or the day before yesterday, Kevin. We've got a player there. We've probably spent one and a half to two million quid on him. Uh, he was at Celtic as a youth we all know the story went down south got some game time came up and pressed for Dundee didn't work out for him at Celtic he's went away and he has developed uh, elsewhere, as has Callum McGregor, Ryan Christie, Chris Iyer and probably to a lesser degree, Tommy Roderick These are guys who, uh, you know, their loan deals elsewhere were pivotal to their their development at Celtic. You know, Tommy Roderick barely played for Celtic before he went away back to Australia, and I know he went back there to try and get into the World Cup squad at the time. But they can be beneficial, these loan deals. Uh, well, you know, the aforementioned Afalabi, we'll speak about him later on, there's a few other guys out on loan at the moment doing pretty well. Uh, Robertson uh, down at Gillingham. So, Jack Kendry, yeah, I completely get them. The very mention of Jack Kendry's name will get people saying, Are you joking? We brought a guy in. And Shane Duffy that's cost us, I think it was a £2 million loan fee, Kev, massive wages. And would he have done any worse? Would Jack Henry have done any worse than, than Big Duffy? We're then speaking about bringing Philip Benkovic back in. It was something that John Kennedy spoke about in the conference. He says this is a guy that we know very well. You know, so he was on the radar. So happens that it looks as though he's going to join Jack Henry in Belgium. So, Jack Hendry, do you just say no chance? We're not going to bring him back. We continue to look for players either on a loan deal, short-term loan deal. Why not bring back the player that, that we've developed? I'm just throwing it out there. What's your thoughts on that?
4: I agree. I completely agree with you. I, rather than spend a loan fee on somebody like Benkovic, you've got, a, you've got a centre-half there who has went off the radar to try and get his confidence back up. I says in... Uh, was it a week and a bit ago when I done when, when we done when I done the bulletin with John Paul Mason that I says at this point next year we'll be talking about Jack Henry uh, because my my feeling was he would come back in after his loan move to our new manager without any without any baggage that he's had with the previous previous managers and he'd the chance to impress a pre- previous manager after having a good season somewhere else. Mm-hmm. so that, that, that was always my there is a player there there is obviously a player there but why are we looking to bring in guys who are going to cost us money if we can bring Jack Henry back why? I mean, you, you, have to give, you have to give guys a chance and that's something that us as a supporter of football in general we never seem to give players certain chances or mm-hmm. fun chances he, he was, he, he's 25 um, he's doing well if there's an option to bring him back, we should bring him back,
3: and we shouldn't. We shouldn't actually like uh, turn our nose up at that. I know it's it's kind of scoffed it, it's scoffed that You think well, I actually, would need to check this, but I don't think he's played under Neil Lennon um, at Celtic. But um, when you look at the the first game at Celtic Park against Rangers, Kevin, where obviously we had a big issue, uh, Duffy played even though he probably shouldn't have because he had de- dental treatment. Julienne was out, and we ended up playing Young Welsh who's disappeared from view had henry been still part of celtic's first team squad at that point you would have thought that he would have been ahead of the, the queue um, over welsh because of the experience that that jack henry had you know so would he you know be a first choice under normal circumstances no he wouldn't he wouldn't be able to displace higher or julien at center half but under the circumstances you know and I, I, people might say well you're throwing the towel in you know, you've got to go out, you've got to make this last push for, you know, to salvage the 10-in-a-row dream. And you, what you've got to kind of take into account, though, is uh, you're looking at the, the run of games between now and the next Rangers game, Kev, and you think, we should win them with the squad we've got. So if you were to bring another defender in for cover or he's going to play, obviously, for the next three or four months, we might, we might actually see Shane Duffy coming back into the side. Is that a better or a worse option in bringing back someone who's in form?
4: For me, bringing back Benkovic was just unimaginative. It was just somebody that we knew that would come in, and he's only played something like a half a dozen games since he left us the first time. So, what's to say that Benkovic was going to be any better than a player that's already on your books? Mm. It just seems to be that the, the instant need for our instant gratification, something new and shiny, brings somebody in rather than look, looking within. And we're all guilty of that as football fans. We're all guilty of, of, of doing that. But I think we've got to the stage now where, you look, look at our Celtic team last week. And if you look at the worst case scenario, next season, you're only going to, you're going to have a new management team. Now, I think we are going to have a new management team next season. We could have a new management team before this season has actually ended. But next season, that team that played at Ibrox last week, you could only have Barkas. You could only have Beaton, Sorrow, Turnbull, Callum McGregor and Lee Griffiths. Six players available then who came on as subs? El came on on as a sub. He's not going to be be here next season. Scott Brown is going to be here at some capacity next season. But you're looking at a massive rebuild, and you're looking. At Jack Henry could come back in, and under a new manager, catch fire. He could catch fire, and he could become. And you're talking about a player who's been in, who's been and around the club. He needs no time to settle. Mm-hmm. So you could find a lot of these players That are out on loan at the moment Come back in and get their opportunity So we can't write off
3: anybody No, I'm going to throw something into the mix as well Kevin, I think, Jack There's this transition there's a transition from other Scottish clubs, and I don't even mean Dundee, but clubs like Hibbs, Dundee United, where we've we've purchased players from fellow Scottish clubs, Kevin, and they've failed t- to make that leap. That That's a big leap, and I've spoken to players who have made that transition from another Scottish club to Celtic. It's a huge transition, right? So a big part of that is obviously when you're playing at Celtic Park in front of 60,000 Celtic fans, uh, we're very unforgiving we are very unforgiving and one of the big things that's been said this season and I can't say because I'm not a player or you know, I don't know what the, the um, effect is on the players individually is that Celtic have missed their fans more than other clubs I've heard that but what can also happen is it can absolutely destroy and demoralise a player and I remember Jack Hendry coming back I almost called him Jack Ross it's all these names flicking about my mind we're not talking about him today uh, Jack Hendry actually came out on social media didn't he? Came out on social media, started falling out with Celtic fans, ended up uh, removing his accounts, I believe, after that. So, you know, would you throw into the mix the fact that if he comes in, yes, you have the huge pressure of playing for Celtic, and I'm not taking that away, but you're playing in front of empty stadiums. So you don't have that added pressure of 60,000 Celtic fans who have probably written him off for the largest part anyway, Kevin, and who probably do want a new shiny defender from some faraway land who sounds good. You know, that again might work in his favour. Do you think it's even something the club are considering at this time?
4: I'm no I'm no bored with Jack Henry falling out with silly Celtic fans on social media. Some silly Celtic fan on social media posted his wage slip with his national insurance number on it. So I've got. I've got. I've got no qualms about Jack Henry actually falling out with guys on social media. Faceless guys on social media. Look, whatever we do this window, unless it's a massive, massive change, is just putting a stick and plaster on a cut artery. Were like what's what was the name of that chicken Mike the Miracle chicken <laughs> who survived for eighteen months after getting its head cut off. It did. This is a true story. That this is you
3: can. Is, this a, di- is this a Disney movie or something going no,
4: wrong? No, no. no. In nineteen forty-five, this a farmer chopped this chicken's head off and didn't kill it, and it survived for eighteen months without its head. And it was called Mike the Miracle chicken and eventually it died because it choked on a bit of crop corn. It's a true story, and that's what we're like. We're like, as a club, we're like Mike the Miracle. Chatting, we're just yes. waiting on we're just waiting on to come and kill us. So, what does the matter? Did, you, what
3: we did you read that in the Daily Sport?
4: No, I didn't read that in the Daily Sport. When I did buy the Daily Sport, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so, whatever we have going to do with this window is just putting a stick and plaster over an artery. So, bringing back Benkovic for me is not as no as wild as bringing back Jack Hendry. They're, mm. based on the, they're based on the same unimaginative, and I'm not saying Jack, Jack Henry is going to be the vaccine that's going to, going to cure all COVID. Jack Henry is just as it's just like bringing back Benkovich. Mm-hmm. except we're already paying this guy. He's already on our books and we don't need to actually pay a fee. And Jack Hendry is probably going to be on less wages than what Benkovic would actually come out as Absolutely,
3: absolutely. Danny67, thanks for getting involved on YouTube. Glad Njurdovic has signed with someone else, uh, which then uh, begs a question from Treble Treble on YouTube, is Benkovic confirmed to be going to Belgium? I think it's more or less a done deal now, isn't it? It's not been confirmed in terms of the club announcing that he's there. Um, but it's sort of isn't it that was one of the clubs that Tony Watt played for when he was on loan over there um, so yeah it looks as though it's a done deal Celtic obviously know all about the player but it, it, a big part of that is you know, since we developed these windows Kevin um, we've actually added or tried to and I think the English league's one of the worst for doing it they've just added this massive pressure on clubs to splash the cash I mean when you look at the last transfer window down south was it 200 million quid had been spent it was just incredible during a pandemic, during a time when fans are struggling to pay their bills, never mind for a season ticket. And you see that hundreds of millions of pounds getting thrown about. But, but football fans and the world of social media demand, you know, announce a player, announce a sign-in, announce this one, announce that one. Um, if Jack Kendrick came back in, people would be thinking it was a bad move they would be underwhelmed by it but in actual fact if you looked at all the stats he'd maybe be just as good as bringing back someone like Benkovic and talking about his injuries that was the biggest concern for me. he's barely played since he left Celtic I like him I thought he was he was a very uh, for me he was one of the guys that you keep referring to. You just need to bring in a big Eastern Bloc defender that does the job, you know. And I think he did that, but he also had a wee bit of uh, finesse, also. And I think him and Simunovic always looked at those two and thought, you know, they two guys would have been a good par- partnership and never really seen it. Jim Moore last week spoke about why did we let Simunovic go? He's still not without a club, um, etc So all these options. We're looking at, and that was one thing he did confirm, John Kennedy, we are looking at centre-halves. Um,
4: there, is, there is a reason that S- Simonovic hasn't got a club, Is because he's no fit. Mm-hmm. He, wouldn't, he wouldn't pass a medical. That, that's how Celtic tried to sell him a number of times. His agent actively pushed for a sale to go through when they knew he would pass a medical. Mm. So that's the reason that he's sitting there without a club.
3: We would have sold him for four and a half to Torino. Had mm-hmm. he passed the medical? If you think back, that, that was a deal that was going to go through and it came down to the knees. He's got knees of glass. Um, st- going back to what Jim was said last week, yeah, uh, we had him for another year. I think what we had was an option for another year. Is that right? So obviously it comes to that point. I don't think he gets paid his full wages for a year, but you have the option to release him and obviously a deal's done at that stage and he can go and find another club. Uh, Treble Treble comes on to say Damien Duff should be our number one target this window. Um, again, Kevin, sometimes...
4: Can he play centre-half?
3: He still looks in good shape, to be fair. Um, And and obviously, this then leads on for people to to look at uh, the new managerial team, if and when that happens. But I had uh, quite a few comments coming through over the weekend, Kevin, to suggest that, you know, something Lauren said last week, Neil Lennon's going to be here next season as well. Do you think that's a possibility?
4: Of course, it's a possibility. If, if say, say for example, we win the Scottish Cup, retain the Scottish Cup, and lose the league by five points, the 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 board will reckon that goodwill factor factor's still there, so we'll give them another go. And we know that's how this board they're going to operate. We know how the we we, we know that this is how. We,
0: it's the marketers' report. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: We know, we've, already, we've already been told, basically, we no, listen, listening to these. We know better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what they'll be sitting there hoping for is we get away with it, and if we do lose, if we do lose the leak, and I'm saying do because it's no mathematically impossible, they they, they, they they're, they're hoping that they don't need to get rid of Lennon before the end of the season. They're hoping that we maybe win the Scottish Cup. Get to the Scottish Cup final, win the Scottish Cup and finish safe five points behind Rangers. But give it a right good hammer and for now at the end of the season and they'll be completely justified because they'll think that they're completely justified to keeping Neil Lennon in charge. That's what they're sitting there playing for.
3: Mm. See the thing, Kevin, I actually do believe that We will close the gap I mean A combination of two games Against Rangers The three games in hand And here and there Rangers dropping a point or two And some of them will be Unexpected Very much like The unexpected defeat To St Mirren Uh, Unfortunately It was in the Cup And not in the league So I do expect that gap to shrink over the, the coming months, would that make it all the more frustrating then to look back on January and say, we didn't push the boat out, we didn't go for, you know, a centre and a half. We didn't try and add a wee bit more quality to certain areas of that park?
4: It probably would, but that always go back to the Tony Mowbray window, Which we spent a, a lot of money and it ended up being an utter disaster. Even though we got to see Robbie Keane for a number of months in a Celtic jersey. But that was that was them um, pushing the boat out for a lamed up manager and for me we're still in the same situation we'd be pushing the boat out for a lamed up manager
3: I think one of the biggest frustrations uh, in fact I know one of the biggest frustrations that Tony Mowbray had in terms of um, the signing policy at Celtic Kevin, because these managers know what the signing policy is when they take the job, of course they do Uh, but they become frustrated I I think when uh, players are identified and uh, the deal's not done or players are sold from from under them Uh, and there were two there were actually two players and one of them was remember Danny Fox um, and the other one was Massimo Donati believe it or not, because I think Tony Mowbray getting a tune out of Donati I I was always a fan of Donati I just thought thought he he had all the attributes to be a top, top class player and then it comes down to can the coach get a tune out of him I thought he started to the last thing we've seen Donati doing in a Celtic jersey was scoring against Arsenal and he was swiftly sold on for 1.5 million or something like that but that was all done without Tony Mowbray Tony Mowbray wasn't consulted the player was sold
4: that, that, that seems to happen quite often with Celtic and it's one of these, even when we've been successful has been one of I think you can go back to Gary Hooper, Joe Ledley as well, Joe Ledley left the club when he didn't want to leave, Gary Hooper left when he didn't want to leave um, it just seems to be the way that we are and it's terrible It's I mean I if we're going to have a director of football appoint a bloody director of football Make the director of football the most important person in the club, and mm-hmm. say this is the structure: you've got the director of football, then you then you've got the man, then you've got the coach. I, I've been I've been getting into the NFL recently. Not the Neil Francis Lennon, but the NFL, the American NFL, and the number of general managers that are sacked along with their coaches because the owners go, "Well, you appointed that man, you appointed that coach, he's failed. You're out the door as well." And that doesn't seem to happen at football. The CE, the CEOs and the director of football seem to be actually bulletproof because mm. they're in the owner's back pocket. But it's something, I mean, how, how many failed managers has uh, Peter Law actually presided over?
3: Failed managers, probably when you think about, you go back to 2003, Tony Mowbray. Um, you can't, I, I wouldn't call Ronnie Dyla a failure. Oh, no. I wouldn't call any of the others failures.
4: Well, what, but what really Tony, Tony Mowbray me, uh, Mowbray yeah. probably be the biggest probably be the biggest failure what really annoys me and maybe failure is the wrong word but what really annoys me you mentioned Ronnie Dyler and I've said this plenty of plenty of times Dyler and Rodgers were a certain type of manager who showed that the club were going in a certain direction there, was a, there were coaches and managers who developed players as the first opportunity they get, they bring back Neil Lennon, who's completely different from the two men who have who have been the five previous years before them, and that says the wrong thing about the direction of the football club. They were blinded by the ten; they were they, they were blinkered by the ten to bring back Neil Lennon. I, I've, if we weren't on eight, then. we we appointed Neil say we were on six we would have appointed another uh, uh, another development coach rather than Neil Lennon the big thing for for me that's the biggest failure
3: I don't disagree with that. Um, the, the thing going back to Ronnie Dyla is the biggest problem for me with that appointment, Kevin, wasn't bringing Dyla in um, because I actually think that when you look at the, the reasons for it, there, there's a man who was highly rated by a number of clubs all over Europe, including Manchester City, as we know, who wanted him to go and work in the academy for Man City. And we appoint him as the, the number one I think that was the wrong decision. I think at that stage, when he was at that stage of his own development as a manager, the best thing to do would have been to bring him in as a coach, to bring him in as that talent spotter, to bring him in as the guy who could develop youth players, which he did, and he proved time and time again that he could do that. And I'm not saying John Collins was the perfect foil to that, but what you then need is a figurehead. Now, um, loads of clubs do that. Kevin, the guy that, that's the manager isn't the, the, the one with the tactical nous, you know and I think that's the, the situation that Ibrox I, I think Steven Gerrard well. is a figurehead, and it can work and I think that's where the, the big issue really was um, with Ronnie Dyle coming think, I, I think it was good to appoint him, but not as the number one I think he should have been the coach and a few people have said to me he would never have taken that job I think he would have, because when you look at development uh, of managers, that would have been good for his development, it, it was still a trajectory going up the way, you know, it wasn't a downward trajectory to take a coach's job at Celtic from where he was in Norway Um, and I think when you're looking at Jack Ross, and we'll get on to the Hibs game at some point Kevin, but I think the Sunderland uh, move was the wrong way about, that's the kind of move you would expect him to take after Hibs so when you're looking at a development of a manager coming to Celtic was right for Ronnie Della it was right for Celtic but not as a number one
4: Definitely. If you have a you have a look at Dyla now, he's in New York, which is still part of the Man City organisation. So his time at so his time at Celtic hasn't eh, diluted his view in that organisation, and. New York, the MLS is all about development now, and the New York franchise, I'm going to call it a franchise because that's what it is, uh, is all about development. They're not not going to go down the big name route that that they were, so they they want Dialer there to develop players. One of the comments actually says there, would you take a a Dialer-type manager now to for long term? If the club come out and says, look, we are going down this route, we're going to have a few experienced players and we're going to have a whole load of development players and this is the type of coach that we're going to bring in and we're going to bring in a director of football to oversee the whole, the, the whole of this, I would fully back that. I would mm-hmm. fully get on board with it. I would. As long as the director of football had a, a clout in the European game. I think, uh, is it Van der Sar's the director of football at Ajax or whatever it is. Your director of football would need to be the one with a clout. I mean, people, people mention Ralph Raniak. I would bring in Ralph Raniak as a, a director of football and let him appoint a coach.
3: Kev, would your view change whether or not we win 10 in a row and I I know it's not mathematically impossible and whilst it's not impossible I'm not giving up hope, I think it's highly unlikely, I would like to see something in January to to give me a wee bit more faith in terms of Rangers dropping some points would your view on that change though Um, if we win 10 in a row would you still say listen let's try something a bit different let's bring in someone who can develop a side over a period of 5 years rather than this it's basically just you know putting down the train tracks as we go another league another league just to get to the 10 would you still be quite happy should we uh, do such a thing because i don't think i think we're less likely to do it if we lose 10 because the the club will be looking at an instant reaction to that so they'll be wanting instant results rather than something that may take a few seasons to develop <sighs>
4: I think 10 was always the end anyway. It didn't matter if we won it or not. And I think the club had to go into a a direction a longer term direction uh, and a more European view direction Um, after 10. I think we've been blinkered by the 10. The 10's been a noose round our neck and it's affected our decision making, especially in the last 18 months. I really think it has. It's almost as if we didn't believe in our own business plan and what's happened in the last 18 months.
3: Now Kev, we've spoken about words being important And I'm just bringing this up before you get it in the neck uh, It didn't matter if we won it or not You didn't mean, it didn't matter What you meant is the decision that was made It didn't matter if we won it or not The decision right. that they it's have right. in their mind would still would still stand Now Stephen James, welcome back Stephen, I hope you're doing well You're commenting on Twitter He calls on Benjovic Brilliant. It uh, would be ideal if we could have got the nineteen games out out of them, but that looks unlikely. And I take marks of you. Welcome back on YouTube, Mark. Uh, Philip Benkovic only played ninety minutes for Cardiff. If he's not match fit, he, he'll be it. Will be next December. Judging by <laughs> Griffiths, he's listen. That that is a concern for me as well. You want to you get someone who comes in and who can hit the ground running.
4: De- definitely, and uh, Jack Hendry's fit. He's playing games. So there's going to be no no fitness no fitness problems with Hendry if if you're bringing him in. I've seen the guy from Motherwell being mentioned as well. The problem that yeah. I've, the problem that I've got with the guy from Motherwell is know that we are signing from Motherwell that he's 29. He doesn't he he doesn't seem one for the future at 29, and he's he's just seem he, his career just seems to have hit a good trajectory. At this precise moment in time, and um, and that's on the reason. It's not because we're signing for Motherwell. And you get, did, did you see the penalty that he gave away yesterday against St Mon?
3: I didn't actually.
4: Well, if you think Shane Duffy's rash, then this was rash as well. Eh? So,
3: well, the uh, thing is, you're, you're saying they're turning your nose up because he's coming from I, Motherwell. You're right. I'm we, no, we, 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 no, no, from no, I'm no. Not, I know we wouldn't do that anyway. Look at one of the star performers this season, David Turnbull. Came from Motherwell. So, you know, there, there is talent out there, Kev, as you and I have discussed throughout this season, we've spoken about Lewis Ferguson at Aberdeen, there's other players, um, and when, when you're looking at Declan Gallagher, um, he doesn't fit the all because if we buy a player, rather than bringing in these loan players, if we buy a player, we're always doing it with a view to making a profit on him.
4: Definitely, and that's why I says uh, Turnbull's 20, 22 fits the profile of the players that we sign. Etel yeah. Gallagher at twenty nine doesn't fit the profile of the players that we sign. It's like a sto- it's like it's like a stopgap. Mm-hmm. And as I says, anything that we do this transfer window is going to be like putting a stick and plaster on a burst artery. It really is, <laughs> and it's just hopefully it's going to work until we can get some life saving operation in the summer.
3: And, you know, because when you're looking at the state of the, the defence in terms of, you know, Julian's out again for three to four months, Duffy, does Neil Lennon trust Duffy? Well, when he's picking Neil, uh, Neil, I'm good with the names today, Near Beaton, and I'll get his second name right, if you're picking Near Beaton before seeing Duffy, then that says that maybe Neil Lennon doesn't trust Duffy, to do the job Kevin so we need to buy a centre half or bring a centre half in at least you've mentioned El Hamid uh, there was a story came through from his agent I'm pretty sure his agent was in that lounge that day as well um, was he the same agent for Marvin Compere? Someone will correct me um, but El Hamid apparently um, has absolutely no intention of going back to Israel the agent came out and said that he, he's willing to fight for his place at Celtic it's mixed messages there
4: obviously his wife found his Tinder profile in
3: <laughs> on that point you've you've made a few other suggestions the reason I brought up El Hamid is I mean we've not really seen I always look at El Hamid he's a right he's a defender right? yeah right back first and foremost but he has played centre half he has played left back uh, at previous clubs and at international level would you not rather play a defender at centre half if he can do so because we never used to do it enough Well, Mikael Lustig Lustig was centre-half uh, most his international career, Kevin. Yet, you know, when we were struggling, often you would think, well, just move Mika Lustig in there. And we didn't. And, and I feel sometimes the same with El Hamid. The,
4: the way you look at it, if we are looking for centre-halves and if El Hamid is not going back to Israel, then we've got to say that, that he should be considered at centre-half. He, play, he, play, he, play, he plays... It, he plays and a free for Israel, so there's near, near Beaton beat on right enough. He plays for a free in Israel as well. I, I, I just think that it's it's been a problem area for us since. Uh, well, what was slag boy? I eh? and we're missing big boy. At, we're, we're absolutely missing the big fella. Uh, and, and even then, on some days he was an utter bomb scare. But mm-hmm. that's the, that's the type of centre halves that we get. You look at centre halves all over the world, and they will make mistakes and the ones that you pay big money for are the ones that make the least amount of mistakes and that's why Virgil van Dijk's £70 million was because he, he makes the least amount of mistakes uh, Have you seen the
3: stat Kev, have you have seen the stat about you know the games that he's played against the games that he's missed for Liverpool? Oh, it fri- oh, oh. uh, is frightening How many games they, If you look at the win percentage they, The actual uh, is completely uh, The arses fell out of it For want of a better expression Since Van Dyke's been out So I take that point But again Celtic want the defenders To be playing football They want them to pass out from the back And I think players like Boyata Often were caught napping Because they're always looking for it Rather than You know the likes of Duffy We thought you described him as a fridge going up a stairwell we thought we were getting the guy who would just throw himself throw his body um, win balls win tackles win headers and do all the basics but actually when you look at the style of play that's not really what we want in Celtic because it wouldn't fit in
4: Celtic need two centre-halves two different types of center half. they need one who can play long passes and we need one who can actually break into the midfield and go forward because we play against packed defences domestically so often. Mm-hmm. We also need both defenders to be like a Shane Duffy and chuck their head into things as well. And unfortunately, in the modern game, he didn't seem to get too many centre-halves that tick every single box. You look at Julian, Julian he doesn't. He, he struggled against uh, physical opponents, but you look at his long range of passing. He ticks that box for us. That's where that's where his massive strength lies. You look at Ayer, struggles against physical he struggle against physical centre forwards. But you, you send him forward with that ball, he ticks that box. It's trying to get it's trying to get a mixture of the two. And Duffy just didn't seem to tick any of the boxes. To play and the, the way especially the way, the open way that our new and Celtic team play
3: You made you, you made a good point earlier Kevin, you used the word unimaginative Mr Briggs comes in to say, Kev is just standard lazy journalism, linking us to guys who've been here before, our Irish players seem to be the protocol, is Robbie Keane still getting spotted at Glasgow Airport every year um, the protocol, like you say, unimaginative, was Shane Duffy an unimaginative signing in that respect?
4: It probably is. Uh, uh, probably the Shane Duffy thing came about is because his agent probably offered them to Celtic mm. and says he's interested in coming up here. Can you make it happen? And and the Celtic coaching staff and the director of football, well, not the director of football, the head of recruitment, <laughs> Nicky Hammond, have, uh, and the director of football, Peter Wall, have probably went, that'll be great, he's Irish, you'll get the guys inside. And we did, we all bought into it. We really did. We all bought into it. We bought it hook, line and sinker. The absolute idiots that we are.
3: <laughs> we did. Don't <laughs> hold back. Don't hold back. Eugene Ritchie, you're commenting on YouTube. And for everybody who's tuning in, and thanks everybody for uh, getting involved on a Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah, subscribe on YouTube. We're through the 7,000 subscribers mark uh, over the last few days, Kevin. Next target is obviously 10,000. We'll keep building it. We'll keep providing more content. There's more Axom content in the works. Uh, why not with Henry? As was said, there are others where it worked, other people going out on loan, Kev. Maybe it's because he played a few more games for Celtic than the others who went on loan. Well, I know, obviously. McGregor, being the famous one, never kicked the ball for Celtic mm-hmm. um, until he went on loan, he comes back. He had never played for Neil Lennon until Lennon comes back as a manager. Um, his loan deal famously went well for him, as did the others. I've mentioned Ryan Christie, rejuvenated when he went to Aberdeen. Chris Iyer at Kilmarnock. Um, so, yeah, the loan deals can, can happen. And I take Gugin's point, maybe it's because... Celtic fans maybe hadn't written off Ayer because he was, a, he was a project wasn't he under Ronnie Dyla we'd maybe n- never written off McGregor because we hadn't seen him Christie some people I think had written Christie off and we've probably written Jack Kendrioff. off I think that's the difference
4: it is and we do write players off we don't give players chances. And this is where the club have to be better, I think. Stephen Doc had a comment he said and he actually says that if we had won nine in a row in a quadruple treble and we changed it, why why you would say why did we change it? We changed it as soon as we appointed Neil Lennon. We changed our tack as soon as we appointed Neil Lennon. But guys like Jack Henry didn't get a chance for us though, because they're no sexy. They're, they're, they're no Eastern European they haven't have come for the Man City Academy they haven't come for Italy and that's a problem that, that, I that think a, I think a lot
3: fans. a lot of people tuning in probably do find them quite sexy though Kiv
4: well I don't know I mean when he was running about in circles at hull, he looked like Mike the Miracle Chatting he thought I he'd run around, run around that, in circles <laughs> that, was, that
3: was a shame that because I, I mean that just became a meme didn't it, I or a gif. Uh, Will McMillan, does it matter who plays at the back if they are coached badly and can't defend a free kick or a corner? still a big issue, we couldn't great. defend We couldn't defend one at Ibrox, could we?
4: Great great point, I mean everybody says how can you blame Neil Lennon for our defeat at Ibrox, well we've never actually defended a corner kick or a set play all this season, so he's had four months to try and sort that out
3: now there's a point coming in here in relation to Scott Brown Kevin you were talking and I've seen loads of discussions about um, using what we've got and adding to it because we were talking obviously earlier about Damien Duff if he came in as part of the coaching staff would that work I've I've thought long and hard about Scott Brown as well Uh, what would he bring to the table Um, what's your thoughts on that I know that he was was doing coaching He, he was going through his badges do you think that would assist in any way, shape or form at the moment because it does look now that Scott Brown's time as a starter at Celtic is gone. He's still the captain, Turnbull and Sorrow have come in, Scott Brown's on the bench for I the think, rest of the season.
4: I think as long as you've still got that core of players there who have played with Scott Brown, then Scott Brown would be a massive influence in the changing room. He still will be, not matter if he's playing, uh, he would be a massive influence in the changing room, still would be. And I think whoever comes in after Neil Lennon will probably appoint Scott Brown in some form of coach, coaching capacity.
3: Well, if you look at the, the coaches that Celtic have at the moment, there's so many of them uh, fit, fit that kind of boot room uh, mould, Kevin, where they've been at the club they know the club they know the city um, and you've got like guys like Sean Maloney who've been here and moved on as well former player Darren Day Steve McManus John Kennedy there, there are a lot of ex Celts within the realms of the coaching set up at Celtics. so it's maybe something that they are looking towards
4: it could well be and it's something look you have to be there on merit not because you kicked a ball for a football club you've got to be there because you've got the talent to be there you've got the fo- I mean Modern football is changing, and you've got to be on on the ball. You've got it's five subs stuff like you you've got to be tactically aware of and you can't just get a job with Celtic just because you played with us. You've you've actually get, got to get there on merit. Mm. And and I, I don't I'm not bothered if Od and McManus have played with Celtic before. I want them to be in that setup because they deserve to be in that setup, and they're bringing something. To, they're bringing something to the cause. Aye. I notice. I, 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 I notice. I Mark. What, what I was actually saying, catwall Mark, is I'm not wanting Jack Henry in the team. I'm just saying bringing back Jack Henry is just the same as bringing back Benkovic. There's no difference.
3: There's no difference other than what you said. Benkovic is a signing. You announce him and all this, and it's and you know it's more of a box office announcement. Would he do any better? Brian McLean, 19 points out, he's only played 11 games since he left us, so it's a big no, Uh, but you're right, it's all about playing that game, very much in the transfer market, Kevin, whereby you're saying we've signed a new player, and and then it gives some kind of um, content, it gives some kind of hope, and it builds some kind of momentum, but often these players that we're bringing in are duds. And we've spoken about that as well, the amount of players we've brought in uh, over the last 10 years, including this season, who haven't worked out for Celtic. It's incredible. It's it's quite a high ratio.
4: It is. And can we sit here and truthfully say that any player has improved over the last 18 months?
3: No. Last 18 months? Um, Well, I've got to say sorry, but I didn't know what what he was like before. (laughs) Uh, Turnbull Yeah I mean Motherwell fans Will say he's always been that good But yeah These are the guys Who have come into the Into the team uh, Element of fortune perhaps Am I not giving Neil Lennon Enough credit by saying that When, when he did come in Kevin Should they have come in earlier I would suggest yes uh, But again There's a few other things Quickly to go through At salt. There's an option to buy salt At the end of the season Kevin Have you seen enough To suggest that we should For the
4: money For the money That Diego salt Would co- cost I wouldn't buy him for the you money, got that he got, for the, money. The, the bottom line he hasn't he's got a goal this season but he hasn't created an assist, an assist this season whatsoever when you look at the stats and it's not something that I do that often uh, Diego Laxall hasn't created a big chance for Celtic uh, Pong's created six big chances and Fringpong's got two assists Greg Taylor has created five big chances and got four assists. Greg Taylor suits Neil Lennon Celtic better than Diego Laxalt.
3: And the the guy who's created the most assists is Colin Watt's favourite player, Ryan Christie. Seven.
4: And also also another bizarre start is a third highest player to to take shots during a game is Shane Duffy at 2.1 per game. Shane Duffy has a shot at goal 2.1 times a game on average. How bizarre is that? That shows you that stats can be made up to say say anything. But for me, I'm, I'm pinning my hat on the fullback stats that uh, Greg Taylor is a better option, Laxall at, at fullback.
3: There you go, but it goes back to a conversation I had with Jackie McNamara who's his agent of course and we're talking about this whole thing that we've touched on today Kevin whereby there's this uh, need for Celtic to continually buy players there's a, there's a big kind of uh, churn rate if you like you know, players coming in, going out and there seems to be a need but a lot of that is down to the pressures of the fans the fans want to see new faces especially when things aren't going well as they are not just now however if we we're going for 10 in a row and we're sitting 3 or 4 points ahead we'd still be saying let's strengthen it to, to, to make sure this happens um, I wanted to, before getting on to the Hibs game because you, we were talking about Lacksalt and of course he did score uh, the equaliser in the last game we played, the two each game at Easter Roads um, How do you see that game going uh, tomorrow night Kev? You're going to be joining me for all the action I hope
4: Look, we've had a week in Dubai and if we drop points tomorrow night then it's going to be like that moment that Harrison Ford climbs into a fridge and Indiana Jones 5 and the nuclear bomb goes off. If you think you've seen a Timplosion <laughs> uh, after the Ross County game, wait till you see it if we drop points tomorrow night after a week in Dubai. My God, it's going to be... It's going to be the Celtic board are going to need to find that fridge and sit themselves in it. I, did, Kev,
3: I didn't even know there was... I didn't even know there was an Indiana Jones 5.
4: It's no worth watching. Uh, <laughs>
3: is, Sean, Harpy, is Sean Connery in it?
4: No, he isn't. It. Uh, no, uh, it's no worth watching. Obviously, Harrison, Bo- Harrison Ford climbs in a fridge and survives a nuclear explosion. How bizarre is that? It's like the phones when he jumps the shark in that episode of Happy Days.
3: Was it a smeg? Get fridges. Uh, <laughs> uh,
4: probably was. Look, we need to see. We need. We, we need to actually see an improvement everywhere. Starting tomorrow night, we've got to see our strikers scoring goals. I mean, Edward's only scored four goals for open play this season. Mm, He's scored seven and four for open play. We've got to see Edward and Griffith scoring goals. We've got to see our full backs creating chances. Fing Pong has has to start he creates big chances, but your strikers have got to start taking them. Eddie's sitting on seven goals. For, the end of this, for us to have, have given a, a de- decent goal for now to the end of the season, Eddie's got to be sitting by at least 20 goals by the end of the season. I agree Griffiths, with that. Griffiths is sitting on four goals, the same as David Turnbull. Griffiths has got to be sitting on at least 15, 16 goals by the end of the season. One of our midfielders has got to get into double figures as well. McGregor's on three goals, Turnbull's on four. One of them's got to get into double figures. Christy. So, Christie as well, one of our midfielders has got to get on the double figures as well we've got to start converting the big chances Instead of our miss, I think Eddie's missed seven as you can see I've read a start app in the last hour or so <laughs> Eddie's missed seven big chances this season he's got to score at least 20 goals by the end of the season mm. I ate his own five goals he's got, he's got to at least get to double figures as well coming off the bench for us to actually give this a goal and we've got to have clean sheets we've got to keep on getting clean sheets everything's got to improve the whole of this season we've been like a drunk trying to get his keys in the front door he needs to get the keys in the front door for new going forward
3: first time every time every time um, From Facebook, Ryan Christie was a fluke getting into the team, was on his way out and only because of the injury was he used, correct Um, same situation with Kieran Tierney who is ripping it up down south, we all knew he had it in him Kev so anyway, you never gave me a prediction tomorrow night give me a prediction, you want to leave that till tomorrow night when you join me
4: I'll leave that to tomorrow I'll I'll, 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 I'll leave that to tomorrow
3: Keep us all hanging We mentioned Jonathan Aethel He has spent some time At Dunfermline previously He's now on loan at Dundee Uh, I tuned into the game Because you know We were watching the progress Of the likes of Haddington Kevin uh, Haddington Athletic uh, Because we're involved With that club Uh, But also Bonnie Rose Because Amy Canavan Is one of Axom's pundits And she works in the media Side of things For Bonnie Unbelievable effort from the club. Uh, they went out in extra time and obviously Afolabi scored the goal that took it uh, to uh, extra time itself. So brilliant. It's good to see young Celtic players out there doing well on loan. But after the game, completely uh, ruined by racists on his Instagram page um getting stuck in all about uh Affalabi for his race. Absolutely disgraceful. He's 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 Irish, is uh, Afolabi mm, He is eh? um and He's been racially abused. I, I, I think that uh, he stood up to that by screenshotting the messages and putting them out there. It's just it's something, you know, it's something that doesn't seem to be going away, Kevin. I mean, the awareness is constantly strengthened and heightened, but it's still there day to day.
4: It's, it's, in this day and age, it's absolutely terrible. I mean, you, you look at the scenes for the White House over the last week as well and that's that's stoked up by a man who has the codes to the nuclear weapons and it's like Aye. Yeah. but you look we've we done a Colin Watt done a football insomniac on race as well and some of the comments that we got were unbelievable mm. From so-called Celtic supporters, and you're going. Uh, it's it's a fa- it's a faceless world. Social media is a faceless world. These guys think they can get away with saying things, and it becomes an echo chamber. And they think that thousands, hundreds of thousands of people agree with them, and they just think they can get away with it. Social media's got to do something. The platforms like Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. Uh, Twitter and stuff like that, they've got to do something about that. There's there's got to be some fully registration program. I mean, even some of the abuse me and you get, Paul, is, I mean, a lot lot of people don't see it, but a lot of the abuse that me and you get as well is quite, I mean, my 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 daughter's twelve. Mm-hmm. And I've I've been showing her some of the abuse that me and you and the other the other contributors get as well to say this is the power of social media. This is a this is what people will try to do. Yeah, and I'll show the the lobby stuff as well because she's got to learn about that as well because it's a massive part of their lives. It's something, that, it's something that we never grew up with, and it's something that we're learning about all the time.
3: No, you're right because you know when we were younger, all those years ago, there was no. I mean, yeah studied media etc but there was no kind of view that you could uh, get into uh, this world of social media and the platforms like uh, YouTube and there are monetization opportunities for that where people make a, a good living out of it, it was, it was never considered so it's good to educate Kev like you're saying there um, some of the pitfalls of it because yes the, the scariest thing for me or the worst most disappointing thing for me the most sinister part of, an element of the criticism because you know, I, I, I do get concerned about other people and how it affects them, Kevin, because some of the stuff, as you say, that, that's kind of levied out at you and I. Um, I think, you know, you can deal with it, uh, but it's when it becomes real. Now, that that is a bit of a contradiction because it's real by doing it on social media, but when it comes into real life, when the, the people approach you in real life rather than digitally, and that's when it gets con- really concerning. Because what a lot of people try and do is then bring that into your, your uh, day-to-day life, your personal life, and that's where it, it really becomes quite disturbing. Um, so it, it's just, for me, the best thing to do is continue to call it out you've just got to continue to call it out not just racism but online bullying um, harassment um, we introduced some fantastic pundits onto the Axom team 3-4 weeks ago they've really added um, loads onto the platform Kevin and some of the stick that they get simply for being female is ridiculous
4: I know I'm I'm, I'm now be quite some distance the worst pundit on this place so I can I'm only I am here because I've worked with you before eh? I'm like the I'm like the old, old boot room carry eh? but it, it, sometimes sometimes people sometimes, sometimes people think it's banter and they make a comment and I, I think it's an age thing I think sometimes a lot of this is an age thing but you look you look at our, our prime minister and some of the comments that he's came out with that have been highly racist, people just think it's okay. Let's go and defend a statue. It's like, let's go and stand there and defend a statue. Defend our rights. Defend slave traders. It's all about education. It is really about education. And as you say, as you call it out, and you don't be scared to talk about it. I as Philip DeMarco mentioned the Mark Walters incident at Celtic Park truly horrific a, a sad sad day for Celtic football club was that but not the view tackled that head on it is. not the view and you tackled that head on the Celtic support tackled that head on and in every if you've got 60,000 fans at, at a stadium you are going to have some racists amongst you Yeah. It's that's just that's just a fact of life. But you need you need to you you, you need to challenge us. I've challenged guys singing the, the Ibrox Disaster song at Celtic Park. I've challenged guys. about why are you singing that? And as soon as one person speaks out, other people round about he starts shouting as well. All all it does is take that one. I, I've heard some really quite poor abuse at Celtic games, eh? And it's it's horrific. But you need to call it out. We need to keep on calling it out, and we'll Definitely. call it out call it out on this platform all we want
3: no, absolutely Uh, and in the meantime I don't care what anybody thinks about my hair or my clothes or any of this kind of stuff or the fact that I look like KD Lang because I can't I can't actually deny that or Gash but I can't deny these things because when I look at pictures I think they've got a point and that's fine that's banter but when it gets a wee bit more sinister that's where it becomes a concern Kev and we'll keep calling it out certainly on this platform it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to Kevin Graham three and a half years after we've done the first show uh, we've done over 400 now all in Kev Uh, the comments have been tremendous on YouTube Facebook and Twitter join us again tomorrow we'll be on for the bulletin at 1230 and then we'll cover the game at night I'm looking forward to it looking forward to getting three points tomorrow night and hopefully Aberdeen will get something at Potaudry so all that's left for me to say is Kevin Graham thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind
4: see you later lads
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Fast Twitch, the new energy drink from Gatorade, is here, and it's powering fast starts for athletes in every arena, like NBA All Star Zion Williamson, WNBA champ Kalia Copper, and MLB superstar Francisco Lindor. With 200 milligrams of caffeine, electrolytes, and zero sugar, Fast Twitch is the new go-to for on-the-go energy. Anytime you need to turn up the intensity, available in six refreshing Gatorade-inspired flavors, grab Fast Twitch in the energy drink aisle at a store near you.